Hey, everybody, welcome back to the HVAC Joy Lab podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Shirk. This podcast focuses on creating more and more conversations about what optimizes life for an HVAC technician. My goal is to produce the most helpful content available for techs, full stop. Today, you're going to hear once again from Adam Kuhlman. Adam is our most asked about guest and most requested for more topics on health and wellness. If you recall, the health approach we advocate for techs involves a plan for five areas, eating, exercise, sleep, stress, and supplements and prescription drugs and those kind of things. Today, we're going to talk about stress management. Okay, let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to HVAC Joy Lab. I am joined again today by trainer extraordinaire Adam Kuhlman. How's it going, everybody? Glad to be on today, John. Thank you for having me again. Thanks for coming on back. And we're going to talk today about stress. Hmm. Yes. So let's go. Let's just dive right in. So, uh, Adam, um, well, in fact, let's let's not dive right in. Let me take one step back and say, if you've listened to other podcasts, you know that there are five categories of health that we encourage you to pay attention to. Your exercise, your eating, your sleep, your stress, and then whatever kind of supplements or medications you take. Okay. Yep. So in that list of five, we're focusing on stress today, and we'll eventually do one on all five. We've done others as well. But so but today we're going to work on stress. So Adam, uh, walk us into it. Like what kinds of stress are we talking about? Yeah, good question, John. So if everybody remembers back to that food podcast we did, and then also, you know, more of the the side of sugar, you know, when we said sugar, we really meant that basically encompasses 61 different types of sugar out there, right? Right. So the same concept applies to stress. Um, there's probably almost an infinite source of stresses out there, but we want to focus on three of the most common types that we would probably, most HVAC techs would probably experience on a daily basis. So we're going to talk mental, we're going to talk physical, and then we're also going to talk environmental. So stress, when we say stress encompasses a lot of different sources on the body. So we're going to dive into that. What do you say, John? Let's do it. Let's go. Awesome. So I compiled a, a quick little list of what I would guess are some common stressors that HVAC techs like run into on a daily basis. Um, first one, mental. This would be time constraints and tight deadlines. can imagine that being mental for most people. Mm -hmm. um, second one that I compiled was equipment malfunctions and technical challenges. So you got probably both physical and mental combination there. Right. Third one I would say is physical demands and workload. Obviously that one's all physical. 
Sure. Um, fourth one, and man, I, I can imagine this one be a big one, customer interactions and complaints. Huge yeah. mental one, I'm sure. And then the last one is unpredictable work environments. So we're talking like being in a customer's crawl space, attic, industrial jobs. I can't even imagine where they're going to be half the time in that in that type sure. of scenario. But these are all different types of stress that I can imagine most HVAC techs will have in common. Um, so what I want to do, John, is I want to dive into how stress is going to affect probably the three most important things to HVAC techs. And those three most important things are your mind, your muscle, and your testosterone. Okay. So very good. Which one do you want to dive into first, John? You got a favorite um, of those? Let's do, let's just go in that order. Let's start with mind. Good one, man. Good one. So when it comes to, I have three ways that it impacts each one of these um, categories, but when it comes to the mind, the very first way that it impacts your mind is cognitive function and clarity. So when you're in a, you know, a tight, tight deadline or you're very stressed out, you got a lot of anxiety, whatever it may be. What happens is, is the sympathetic part of your nervous system activates what we all know is fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Once you're in that, um, that nervous system state, you are very, very heavily focused on one or two things becomes tunnel vision at the end of the day. And what you do then is this can lead in many cases to brain fog and also, how should I say forgetfulness on the job? Yeah. So focused- if I could, if I can even add mm-hmm. to that, yeah, I routinely coach my clients, uh, in their interaction, like the, the, the managers and service managers and owners that when a technician, this is true of everybody, but in this case, we're talking about technicians. Like if you put them in a position verbally, uh, if you tell a technician, get this right or you're fired, uh, mm-hmm. you put them in some kind of uh, unexpected jarring situation and their fight or flight um, trigger is pulled, then the, the frontal part of their brains mm-hmm. that this is true for all of us. I'm saying them like text, but it's all of us. Mm-hmm. The front of the front part of our brains shut down. And that's the, the part of our brains that do like the logical decision-making, like considering options and picking the right one or pausing yes. before you say things or like all of that happens in the front part of our brain. But hormonally, when, when fight or flight hits, we go back to that, you know, quote unquote lizard brain. Yeah. And, and then we're in a reactive kind of what you were just saying, tunnel vision mode. And the, now the problems with this are multiple. Uh, the, just the, the overall net damage it does to the tech and all of that. But realizing when you take that person in that situation and then put them in front of a piece of equipment, they're not able to be as engaged as they could otherwise be in troubleshooting and doing whatever the work is it's needed. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, air conditioning is a very solitary business in some ways. It is a lot of time with one guy in front of one piece of equipment and no one else is looking. Mm-hmm. And so if, if there's not an active attempt to manage this kind of stress, it's going to show up in the quality of the work involuntarily. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, if you, it, cause sometimes of the five on the list, this one is the most like, Oh, just suck it up. Like, mm-hmm. ugh, you know, just be a man. Come on. And yes, but it, but there's a direct connection into in a commercial setting, whether the coil gets properly washed or not, mm-hmm. there's a direct corollary to whether that happens. And so that um, this dynamic of how brains work, and you're talking about the mind, 
is very significant in air conditioning because of the actual work context that that technicians are in because mm-hmm. there's no one there to kind of tap on the shoulder and go hey uh what you doing that that person doesn't exist and so yeah. they just there they leave the house it's not done right and you have to send somebody else back later and it, mm-hmm. it stresses the reason for a lot of that kind of and, it, and even if they, they didn't cause the problem on the piece of equipment it did cause them to not call in and ask a question which led to that problem on the piece of equipment right yes so i just wanted to just kind of fill in that context of that because this one is the one that when i put this in front of technicians this is the one that's perceived to be soft like the stress management, but it's really not. It's really as big as all the other four. Absolutely, John. Isn't it interesting how like we have ways of managing so many things in our lives, but then like our own mind, there's, I mean, there's nothing out there. I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but when I went through school, nobody taught me how to manage my mind in any way, shape or form. Nobody taught me how to just reduce stress in any way, shape or form. It's just like, well, you got to get through it, power through, suck it up, whatever, maybe. Yep. Yep. Man, that is. Yeah. Drink some coffee. Drink some coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Get all fired up and then destroy your sleep and all. Oh, goodness right. gracious. I think, I think um, what you're talking about too, John is, is so incredibly important because there's also the emotional well-being component of it. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're on the job as, as an HVAC tech, you're already put in a lot of uncomfortable situations based on the seasonality of it as well. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. here we are summertime. It's hot as heck throughout the entire United States. You already have the, the environmental stressor that way, weather, right? Heat, incredible heat, which is already playing, you know, issue or putting issues onto you mentally as well. But then you add like a stress from whatever it may be, deadlines, you know, systems, all these different types of things, emotional well-being suffers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then oftentimes too, I would say the third point is sleep disturbances. You know what I mean? Having a lot of, of stress really impairs your ability to get those, those hours of deep sleep, those hours of restful sleep. You know what I mean? So mentally it's going to, it's going to filter itself into every, every facet of your life. So that's how I would say it, you know, the three big highlights on how it affects you mentally. And then if I would go on to the next one, let's talk about testosterone. What do you think? That's always my yeah, favorite. Category. Go for it. Yeah. Testosterone. <laughs> but when it comes to testosterone, stress can negatively affect testosterone. There is a hormone out there. Cortisol. Cortisol. Mm-hmm. I feel like John gets a bad rap sometimes. I mean, it has a necessarily a necessary place but i will say at the end of the day cortisol like anything if you have too much of it chronically over time it is detrimental to everything and this is you this know? is tell me if i'm right about this that mm-hmm. cortisol is a good thing in small small uh time increments you can have a yes. lot of it for a short amount of time and it's fine but if it yeah. just is a long slow drip that's when it becomes a chronic problem is that right mm-hmm. absolutely john like it, it, it becomes a chronic problem in that it disrupts a lot of other hormones how they signal to each other, how they flow, so on and so forth. And you get the suppression of a lot of important vital ones. You mean it's, it's a very delicate system, our hormones. It's probably one of the most delicate systems we even know about, yeah. you know, and uh, if too many things get elevated for too long, especially cortisol, you're going to have a hormonal makeup that is out of whack and you're going to notice it in many different places. Hmm. Of course, when it comes to testosterone, as it comes as a man, you're going to realize like you can have brain fog. You're going to have less energy throughout the day. You're going to have less it's drive, you know what I mean? You just, we all know as men, like that feeling, like let's go get it done. Right. Yep. You have that suppression of testosterone. It's like, man, I don't want to get out of bed today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then of course you have on the, the opposite side of the things like, you know, you don't feel much like 
like you know when if you're trying to be intimate you don't feel much of that you don't feel much of the want the need the desire any of those things so when stress is high cortisol can be high and when stress is high chronically cortisol is high chronically and you know this can ultimately affect the production and regulation of testosterone and then i would say we already kind of talked about this the second point but there's a major disruption in just hormones in general you know what I mean the signal uh, signaling to the pituitary gland, so on and so forth. This can affect the thyroid a little bit as well. Um, and then I would also say just a lot of lifestyle factors that we were talking about earlier as well. You know what I mean? Your energy, your want and desire to get things done, your want and desire to have intimacy, like so on and so forth. So let's just say testosterone is like the kryptonite to you, or I should say um, stress is the kryptonite to your testosterone at the yeah. end of the day. <laughs> yeah, and we'll, there's a lot of thoughts on testosterone, but we'll save them for that. That, that might be a whole podcast by itself, but mm-hmm. that yep. this this dynamic, it's real. And when guys get into their um, 40s, mm-hmm. you just start making less of everything hormonally. Yep. And then if you add stress on top of it, man, you can just you can just crater your your testosterone levels and you don't really you don't have the kind of symptom that is like sudden, like you don't suddenly have a fever or break out in hives. You just yeah. start feeling old, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I'll, and I, I don't mind saying it. I take exogenous testosterone. I take testosterone replacement uh, shots mm-hmm. every week. And, mm-hmm. and I can tell, I mean, it's, it makes a big difference for me. And it, it what it does, it doesn't just, um, I'll quote uh, Andrew Huberman on this one. It, mm. it doesn't do anything for you but it makes doing things for yourself feel good. Yeah. Like you want to work hard in the gym. You can just take shots and then not have to go to the gym. But if you want to work hard in the gym and you take testosterone, it makes that feel good. Mm-hmm. Same thing is true of working. Same thing is true of getting up and getting your truck and getting at it every day. If your yeah. testosterone is low because of stress, it's going to feel like the, the, the job itself is going to feel like drudgery. Yeah. You know, you may feel like, and we're recording this as we sit here, it's about a third of the way through August and one of the hottest summers on record. And uh, it's this time of year when you're really going to miss it. Yes, exactly. It's, it's such a vital thing to have, John, especially for us as men. You know I mean, that's our primary hormone. You know what I mean? That's, you know, it's responsible for so many different things. And so if we can keep that as elevated as possible, you're going to have a quality of life that is reflected in so many different facets that are important to you. Quality of life with your relationships, with yourself, with even just getting out of bed in the morning. So you can feel like, okay, I can go do the job versus like, I don't feel like doing the job. I feel like an old man, everything aches, everything hurts. I don't want to get out of bed, you know? So, um, and then I would say, uh, uh, Probably the the last topic I want to talk about um, with how it negatively affects something is muscle mass. This is another huge one as well because of again HVAC techs very physical job. You need that muscle there to be able to lift you know whatever it is you need to do whenever you need. So I would say that one of the one of the top most negative things that I see with people who are chronically stressed are people who have chronic muscle tension and tightness and pain. I, I would actually put that in there as well. Um, and you'll see this manifest in many different ways, like upper, upper neck, up in your traps, lower back. Um, you can also see this in many, you know, in the quads, in the knee area as well. What happens is when you're chronically stressed, you also have a tendency to chronically tense certain types of muscles. Now, everybody's a little bit different with this one, but you tense certain muscles. And over time, those muscles and those fibers continually get, um, how should I say, they, they get tighter over time. 
Um, it's like if you had a rubber band, you broke the rubber band, and then you glued it together and lapped it over, overlapped it over itself, broke it again, overlapped it over itself. It gets tighter over time and less less play, right? Yeah. So when you have muscle tension, muscle pain, stiffness, there's less mobility that you can have on the job. And when you have less mobility on the job, you're more injury prone because that muscle cannot fire correctly or it may fire incorrectly, which then can cause issues with how it works synergistically with all the other muscles around it, if that makes sense. So chronic stress can lead to issues with mobility, mobility which can only lead to muscular strains, strains. um, so on and so forth. And then I would say, again, with muscles, oh man, chronic stress can majorly affect muscle recovery, John. There's, shoot, we could almost do a whole other uh, podcast on that one. But what happens is, is like energy production goes down, CO2 um, emission or CO2 or carbon what do we emit again, John? I'm forgetting right now. It's it's the carbon end of my dioxide. day when we breathe that carbon dioxide. Yeah. I'm thinking cars yeah. right now. I'm I'm thinking <laughs> HVAC and cars. And I don't know what my problem is. But yeah, that <laughs> your body you start to uh, breathe out a lot more of that. And what happens then, um, in concordance with um, cortisol, is that your your recovery of your muscle is less, it, is slower, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because you also you have to understand yeah. if your muscle is getting damaged. What your body will do is will have a tendency to pool testosterone and growth hormone in there as well. So when you have excess amount of um, cortisol, excess amount of stress, like less things can come in there to fix. It's like you have a job that requires 10 people and only five people can show up. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's going to get done a lot slower and maybe even less efficient, so on and so forth. Um, and then I would say one, another one that's equally as important is catabolic hormone release. So chronic stress, I mean, it can trigger a release of a cascading effect of like uh, catabolic hormones, such as, again, cortisol. Mm -hmm. Catabolic is just a fancy term for it can destroy it. So there's two terms when it comes to muscle. Muscle growth is technically called anabolic. Muscle breakdown is called catabolic. I always think of catabolic like cannibalism. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> my mind goes there, but ever since then, my, my college professor, I can thank her for that, but um, it stuck with me. So hopefully it sticks with everybody else. Think of catabolic yeah. as cannibalism. Your own body is eating its own lean tissue and taking it away. Um, so again, muscle tension and pain, reduced muscle recovery, and then also catabolic hormone release, which causes the breakdown of your lean tissue. Um, which is a little bit crazy. You don't want that, John. Oh my gosh, we could have a whole nother podcast just on breakdown of lean tissue and how bad that is for you. But at the end of the day, um, the, these three things are what's probably the most important when it comes to muscle mass. But yeah, any thoughts on those, John? What do you think? Well, yeah, the the uh, the breakdown of muscle mass is a big deal, especially as guys start getting older. Um, yeah, it, it's a it's a principal problem uh, for. Um, uh, like as we're talking to over 50 and then over 60, like mm-hmm. the, one of the primary ways that people like gets sick and die is just when these breakdowns happen, they, they begin to happen earlier and then they happen more as you get older. And so the stress is triggering a long-term process with it. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. I'll just acknowledge here while we're recording this, we have a couple of internet issues, but we can just, we'll, we'll. It happens every once in a while. Good old in the podcast. Don't worry. Good old zoom and internet. It always yeah. happens every once in a while. Awesome. 
Well, the next thing that I want to talk about too, um, real quick, John, are you, are you still there? Can you hear me? Okay, perfect. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Um, one thing that I also want to talk about too, is when, when you have enough stressors on enough of these fronts. And what I mean by is you have physical stressors, you have chemical or environmental stressors, and you have emotional stressors. If you have enough of those in conjunction for a long period over time, what we're finding now a lot more in modern medicine, um, and even a little bit more on the holistic maybe side of medicine, not even just the Western side, but also a little bit combined with the holistic, is what they're finding is, is when you have this trifecta, you know, mean what they would call the perfect storm of enough stressors, physical, chemical, and emotional. This is where a lot of autoimmune diseases are starting to get born from. And the interesting thing, you you can link a lot of this back with, you know, fibromyalgia, people who have rheumatoid arthritis, so on and so forth. When you have enough of these, if you carry a gene for it already, you're not necessarily doomed to always have these things. Let's say, for instance, you know, my father has fibromyalgia. I carry the gene. I can, however have control over if that gene is triggered by how much or how little I allow physical, chemical, and emotional stress to affect me, you know, and how often and how much I allow it into my life and how often and how much I manage it, if that makes sense. So kind of keep that in mind. Um, and this is where I'm kind of, you know, I'm going to dive into what can we do? Stressors, they're always going to be there, especially in modern society. Stressors are always going to be there. There's that age old quote. I don't know if you know, it, John, you probably have heard it. It's like life is like, you know, 20, you know, 10 or 20% what happens to you and 80 or 90% how you react to it. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. So I'd like to, if you want to, John, like dive into about, I don't know, eight or nine different uh, techniques that we could use yeah, on, please, and resources available for people to reduce this stress. Um, yeah, heck yeah. The very first one that I'm going to dive into, and, and this is one I shied away for a long time, but I wanted to tell people like this is this is a very, very powerful one. There's a lot of science behind it. It's not just some hoo-ha stuff. It's deep breathing and mindful breathing. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I always tell people there are so many things out there that we are taught how to do. But the interesting thing is, is no one teaches us how to breathe. We just do it every single day. But think about this. You're one breath away from dying, right? Yeah. Your breath controls a lot. And what they're finding is through a lot of research and science that there's a connection between how you're breathing, where you're breathing, how fast and how slow, and the activation of your different types of nervous systems. So with that being said, the activation of the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight, what you have is they find more shallow breathing with people, shallow in the chest breathing, right? Mm -hmm. When you want to, um, when you're in more of the rest and digest state for many people who, you know, after you're done with the day, you're at home, you're kind of resting on the, the lazy boy couch, whatever it may be, that's the parasympathetic nervous system. And they find that a breathing pattern that is common with that activation of the nervous system is more breathing into your stomach, the diaphragmatic breathing. You'll notice that's a very common um, form of breathing that you do when you sleep as well. So where I'm going with this is in order to get yourself out of a stressful state as quickly as possible, you all you have to actually simply do is switch your breathing and become more mindful of it. Even just for five minutes is all you got to do. Um, and switching from it, you know, from your chest to more of diaphragmatic. Now, here's how you can do that. If you ever want to know, like how to control shallow breathing versus diaphragmatic more in the stomach breathing. I had an awesome coach one day. She was a, she was a, my coach who taught me how to do kettlebells. And 
after we were done with the session, she was like, you need to rest. You need to chill. You need to get your, your nervous system out of the fight or flight. And I was like, okay. She's like, go over there, lay on the floor, back on the floor. And I was like, okay. She comes over with a 25 pound weight plate and puts it on my stomach. And she's like, breathe into that plate, push it up, bring it down, push it up, bring it down. She had me do that for five minutes and I almost fell asleep to be honest wow. with you. Um, wow. So that is one way that you guys can, Oh, go ahead, John. Yeah, well, if I would just add one piece to that as well, when, when you're doing this kind of focused breathing, it's important that you're inhaling through your nose and not your mouth. That, Perfect. Yep. Um, if you, if you want to have a laugh, it's maybe not funny, but go Google uh, comparative photos of people mouth breathing and nose breathing. And, <laughs> yes. And they're like, literally, if you don't breathe through your nose, it literally changes the shape of your face over time. Yes. And it, 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 it like weakens your chin structure and there's all mm -hmm. kinds of things that you would never imagine are connected to this. But, but Heck when yeah. you're doing this kind of focused breathing, you can exhale through your mouth, but it's important you inhale through your nose because it just activates different things. Absolutely. You know, as just a quick little side note of that too, John, there's a great Andrew Huberman podcast on the science behind breathing through your mouth versus your nose and how it mm -hmm. impacts testosterone production. Oh, really? Um, wow. Mouth, especially when you sleep. So mouth breathing when you sleep lowers testosterone. Nose breathing when you sleep um, keeps it at a higher, healthier level. So just a little side note for everybody on that one. But yeah, breathing is very, very important. If you ever want to try this at home, you can get a really heavy book or something heavy in general and just put it on your stomach, breathe into it, make it go up, make it go down. Now for a protocol. Would, it, would this also be functional for uh, if you're having insomnia based on what you said? Like Cause you say you almost fell asleep. Is it like a method for like bringing yes. you down so that, yeah. Yes, John, dude, you hit on a perfect point there. Absolutely. A lot of the reasons sometimes, well, no, I would say a lot of the reasons why people have a hard time, you know, falling asleep or they wake up a lot while they sleep, um, so on and so forth. It's because they are not doing anything to deactivate that sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight. You know, if you get home from work and you're jumping, you know, automatically in front of a TV screen, you're watching an action movie or your favorite action TV show, like that's activating you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Driving in your car, trying to not get hit by the 20 stupid people that are driving next to you. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, that's that's activating of your, your sympathetic nervous system. Sitting in front of your phone and, you know, being triggered by this, that and everything else or whatever's going on in the political landscape or your friends or whatever it may be, that's activating. And then what do you do? You click out the lights and expect yourself to be rested enough, or I should say at peace enough to fall asleep. Yeah. doesn't happen. So you can absolutely do this. And I would tell people a good protocol, and it's an easy one to remember. I call it box breathing. And I call it box because it's um, four fours. And what I mean by that is four seconds. So you inhale four seconds, hold. Exhale four seconds, hold. Okay. inhale so you're holding for four seconds and then you inhale hold that for four seconds exhale for four seconds then hold it at the bottom then inhale so very simple just box mm. just imagine a box that one right there when you can get a conscious control over your breathing i will say this for most most everybody and this including myself feels a little bit weird at first when you do this for about a week it's like what is this but afterwards when you when you practice it you do it anywhere mm. and it almost gets easier to get your body out of the fight or flight mode. That's the crazy thing is your body's like, Oh, okay. I know what we're doing now. Yeah. We need to chill. There's not a perceived threat. There, there's nothing going on. I'm just here at the job. I know I have a deadline over my head, but I don't need to like be in this crazy mode. You know what I mean? So 
Have you ever tried anything like that, John? Out of curiosity, any box breathing? Yeah, type of breathing? Um, I have. Um, I'm I'm sort of a, a. It's not a secret. I don't talk about it that much, but I I have a whole set of meditation practices that nice. involve breathing and a, you know, a guided self visualization and stuff that I do because I'm I, I'm one of those guys that's always on and I have a real problem with sleep, and yeah. I have to have some otherwise, I just go i'm just wired a certain way and mm -hmm. so you know i wake up early i'm hitting the floor running as soon as i wake up and i just kind of don't slow down and if i don't do some of this stuff i would <laughs> i would i wouldn't fall asleep until i just <laughs> until just crashed you know so yes i definitely mm -hmm. do you know, I think a lot of people could probably identify with that last sentence you just said too. Like, I just go, go, go until like I crash and I have no choice other than to sleep. So a lot of people that are in that same um, boat, John, is that, you know, like, like that crash is the only thing that gets them out of that fight or flight mode. Yep. So you can totally, with the breathing, get yourself into a better nervous system state. And then there's also another thing, which is kind of point number two that I was going to talk about is what I call progressive muscle relaxation. This is only something that I would recommend people do. Like if you're laying down in bed and what you do is you literally just close your eyes, start thinking about your breathing, but then you, you think about all your little muscle groups, you tense them up and then you, and then you release them a little bit. So it's like, you know, you can tense your forearms, squeeze your, your fists and then let it go. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Squeeze your shoulders, squeeze your arms, you know, tense them up for a minute or two and then or a minute or two, sorry, second or two, <laughs> and then let them go. You know what I mean? And what this does is crazy is actually lets the body say, okay, it's all right. We can let down, we can yeah. get out of this mode. Um, so I would say if you combine breathing with that, that's actually a really phenomenal thing that'll help exponentially with your sleep. You know, yeah, this, when I do it myself, I imagine a pinpoint on the very top of my head yeah. and then just like something is slowly working down my body down across my face and my neck and our shoulders and chest um, and like a almost like a, a a line or like not mm -hmm. i don't know not this weird but like like if you poured like uh chocolate syrup on the middle of your head like mm -hmm. the pace of that drip down right just imagine yeah. it all the way down until it's all the way through my toes and that exactly you know it's it's maybe a minute long process it's not a you know a giant you know the it's not a big time consuming thing but it yeah but it does make a very big difference i this part of the routine when i go to bed that i otherwise i don't go to sleep mm -hmm. 100 percent, john and I, I would say for most people like it, it would it would help so much especially with you know muscular deactivation just yeah. getting those tense muscles to just chill out yep. you know i mean the job is so physical you know what i mean so if you can give your muscles a chance to just chill yeah. you know and the cool thing is is like everybody who's listening to this, it gets easier over time. You know I mean, this yeah. isn't commonly talked about because for whatever reason, our society just doesn't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or we even put it in the camp of like, well, that's not manly. Like I'm not talking about meditation in any way, shape or form. I'm talking about you just closing your eyes and all you focus on is breathing. Right. You know what I mean? Like there, right. I don't, you're not, I'm not saying you have to close, you know, cross your legs and go home. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. let's just, just think about your breathing. Like I yeah. said before, you're only one breath away from dying. So why not master how to breathe properly and get your body yep. out of that fight or flight state as quickly as possible and into the rest and digest as, as quickly as possible. Cause the coolest thing is John, when you're in that rest and digest, you're also the most creative 
You're also mm -hmm. the most relaxed. So when you're on the job and you have problems, you can think through that problem much quicker than if you're just freaking out and going, what's going on? I have a deadline. Oh my gosh. And then you just flip out, you know, and go bouncing off the walls for 10 minutes and you come back with the same problem. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. yep. it doesn't always work. But, and then the third, the third one I want to say, I mean, it's probably repetitive at this point, but it's worth repeating exercise and physical activity can actually help out, take you out of that sympathetic um, nervous system state. It depends though on how intense, because if you already had an intense day and then you go work out in the gym for another two hours, I'm not going to sit there and say that's going to make you relax. Yeah. But I will say with a decent amount, moderate amount of exercise that your body can handle that actually will help out as well. Helps balance hormones, helps balance the mental state, and it helps reset the nervous system. Even emotionally actually helps um, renew the body mm. and, the, and the nervous system, which is great. There's a whole emotional renewing that goes on when you exercise and then also when you sleep very well as well. So yeah, those two things. Um, next one I have, this one's very, very simple, but it bears repeating and it is very important. And I've trained a lot of clients throughout the time to just do this, do things that bring you joy and make you laugh mm -hmm. that right there. There's so much that goes on when you just bring joy and laughter back into your life. Put on a comedy show, go book some tickets with your favorite comedy, whatever it may be, you know, joke with your kids, laugh with your wife, whatever it may be, anything that can take, excuse me, your mind completely off of the job and the crappy day that you may have just had and can completely shift gears is going to get you in a great state quickly. And I mean, we could almost do a whole nother podcast just on laughter, to be honest with you, yeah. John. Yeah. But it's a good one right there, man. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. And that, and <laughs> and if you're in the air conditioning business, there's plenty of things to laugh about. Like, <laughs> I, I, uh, I did a podcast yes. with a, uh, an owner. There's five owners in the company, but he, um, uh, when you ask him, do you have any advice for technicians? Here's his advice. If you go into a home, don't pet it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that. See, that's the best too, is when you have a work environment and you know, maybe yeah. for the HVAC techs and even the HVAC tech managers out there, if you can have an environment where you're getting all of your workers to laugh as consistently as possible, that's great, man. That really is like, you got to do that during the job because it makes the job more chill. And when you're in that chill mindset, you have workers who are happier in more creative state. If you have problems, they can troubleshoot those problems a lot quicker. So I would say, you know, make a list of like one to 10 things that bring you joy in your private life. And then also, if you're a manager, see if you can bring some joy into the daily routine and monotony of, of being an HVAC tech for your, for the techs that are underneath you. Yeah. Um, I would say if we could switch just a little bit to like maybe some, some medications um, that would help okay. out. Um, John, yeah. you, you talked a little bit on that chart that you printed out for me a long time ago. Uh, beta blockers. Beta blockers are phenomenal for anxiety. Believe it or not, I actually have a, a pill box right here of beta blockers for my own self. Um, I get tremendous yeah. anxiety when I talk in front of crowds of people. Um, I shoot, my heart beats out of my chest. I can't breathe and I like stumble over my words. So I can personally vouch to a beta blocker is actually pretty phenomenal when it comes to blocking anxiety. For those of you who have maybe overarching anxiety, um, yeah. For those of you who may not want to do a prescription route, there's an awesome route that you can go to as well. Go into Amazon Prime and type in GABA, G-A-B-A. GABA is an anti-anxiety neurotransmitter that our body actually kind of makes naturally in itself. But when you're constantly in a stressed out state, it kind of gets depleted. 
So you can actually take a GABA supplement and it'll get you out of that fight or flight state. I've had many clients over the years where I recommend it. It's like you can go and buy like the now brands GABA supplement, which is clean. It has nothing in it except that. And I've had probably a dozen clients over time, people who are like high up in huge senior positions, so on and so forth, almost having a panic attack a day, completely gone. So if you want an over-counter solution, GABA, G-A-B-A, type it in on Amazon. Now Brands is a really good one. If you want a medica- uh, medical one, I would say beta blockers are great. And then cortisol blockers. You had that on the list, John. Is there anything that uh, you want to talk about with cortisol blockers that you've had like good experiences good experience. with? Um, I have not used cortisol blockers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I can't speak first person there, but I know that, um, I know, I know people who have, uh, had cortisol blockers prescribed by doctors mm-hmm. and they, they, they talk about how it, it helped them, but I, I don't have any direct experience with them. Same here, John. I was going to, I was throwing the ball over to you just in case you had any experience, but me neither. Like I've heard of them. Um, haven't done very much research into those ones, but they are on the table as an option for when cortisol is like chronically high for people. Um, I would say do all the lifestyle stuff you could possibly can before I would ever go take a cortisol blocker. But anyways, I wanted to throw that out there for the audience. Just know that's, it's an option, you know? Um, I would say two other ones that we've kind of touched on in other podcasts, but it bears repeating again, increasing your sunlight exposure, which I'm sure for many HVAC techs isn't hard during the summer, but I will say maybe during the winter, you know what I mean? So getting as much sunlight exposure as you possibly can, that balances hormones, boosts vitamin D, boosts immunity, helps the thyroid, so on and so forth. So that one's really, really good. Hmm. Um, And then of course, diet and exercise. There's always got to be that one in there. Um, But there's a really important one that I want to talk about too, John. This is one I I was kind of wanting to end with is the environmental stressors, you know what I mean? And how to protect yourself from those. Because look, when you get into, you know, clients' homes and let's say for instance, you know, maybe you're in the South and like everybody's got a crawl space, right? You get down there, it's dirty, it's nasty. Maybe they got some standing water. Maybe a pipe is leaking. Well, guess what? Nine times out of 10, you probably got mold down there. You know what I mean? (laughs) Don't just try and brave it. I'm going to tell everybody, don't just try and brave it. Go down there, put the best face mask that you possibly can. Maybe even one of those like painter types respirators on there. Mm-hmm. Chronic mold exposure over time can lead to a lot of horrible health issues, John. I can't even begin to tell you, mm-hmm. um, especially lung issues as well. So I would say when it comes to eliminating environmental stressors, if you're in those situations when you're in an attic, you have all that fiberglass insulation or God forbid you have asbestos insulation up there that somebody hasn't cleared out yet, or you're in somebody's crawl space or you're in industrial situations, wear a mask over your face of some kind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Try and filter out that junk as much as you possibly can, because that builds up in the lungs over time can cause scarring. Some of that stuff can't come out of the lungs over time either. I don't even want to talk about cancer, but it can possibly give a little bit of cancer in there too. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, Sure. So wear that protective clothing, put on a good respirator, a good covering over your mouth. Um, And then I would say too, for most HVAC techs, like if you're drinking a lot of water throughout the day, this is kind of a random off the topic one, but make sure it's good water. Make sure it's spring water. Make sure it's even reverse osmosis water because there's a lot of crap in our water, in the tap water these days. You know what I mean? We got chlorine, we got fluoride. And then there's also many uh, websites you can log on to that'll tell you like what common contaminants are in the water that is in the municipal tap that's in your area. 
shoot, I did one the other day is uh, there's like 15 cancer causing substances in the water. <laughs> I have a reverse osmosis in my home, thankfully, and it takes all that kind of stuff out. But be very conscious of that too, you guys. A little bit goes a long way over time. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I would say environmentally, be very cautious of mold, standing water, protect yourself from that. What you're drinking, what you're inhaling is very, very important. So, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Think, Good John? stuff, Adam. Yeah. yeah. So I just as we as we bring this to a close, for you who are listening, take away from this podcast that you need a couple strategies. Just pick out some, try them, see if they work for you. If yep. it's uh if it's a supplement, if it's a breathing exercise, if it's uh just find what works for you, but do something because mm-hmm. if you just handle stress as if it's just, well, it's just life, then, I mean, life will grind you down. If anybody who's listening yeah. probably already knows that, but this is the form it takes when life grinds you down. It's stress, literally challenging your immune system, making your muscles shrink, making you not want to have sex with your wife. Making mm-hmm. you like all these, this, when life is grinding you down, this is the topic we're talking about today. So don't ignore it. I mean, the whole point of this podcast is for you to have the optimized life that's possible. Yes. And it's just not going to be yours if you don't address this issue. So mm-hmm. if there's stuff here that you're like, ah, John ain't doing that. That's okay. But do something. Don't yeah. just pretend you don't have stress or that not addressing it makes you a man. Cause that's just not true. Okay. Mm-hmm. 100% John. You know what if I could leave anybody with anything if if you take nothing from this take one thing. Learn how to breathe better. You yeah. know what I mean? Don't yeah. just breathe in and out. Well, I mean we all do that unconsciously but like be a little bit more intentional with your breathing because you're yeah. going to notice a massive reduction in stress just by how you control your breathing. Go yeah. put a heavy book on your stomach, start breathing into it and learn the difference between that shallow breathing and that diaphragmatic breathing. And your stress levels and your body are going to go down and your body's going to be thanking you. So, yeah. Heck yeah. Well, all good right. Well, here we mm-hmm. are. Another one down, Adam. It's a good one. It's a it very a good, good one. one. I hope this helps out everybody because yep. stress is everywhere. <laughs> and will Adams, uh, Adams and my game plan for our next podcast is going to be about knees, your knees. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. this was a direct request from someone listening to the podcast. If you take a podcast and focus it all on knees. So, uh, so we're going to do that. And in fact, keep an eye out. Uh, I'm redoing my website, operationslaboratory.com. And on the website, there's going to be a place where when you go there, you can type in questions you want answered on the podcast or topics you want discussed on the podcast. And I'm my, you guys are the whole point of this thing. So by all means, as this thing gets launched, go there. I'll, I'll give you the links when the time comes. Tell me what you want podcasts on. I'll find the guests. I'll put together the data and we're going to get you everything you need. And we might as well start with what's most pressing for you guys. Absolutely. So, Love it, John. Good stuff for everybody. Very good. All right, Adam. Well, we'll pick this up next time. Sounds good. Have a good day, everybody. See you guys. A good life is had at the HVAC. Joy life.